Hey y'all, my name is Grace and welcome to the fifth episode of Gracie Kenyan Diaspora and Returnee. For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, we're so glad that you've joined us. This podcast is a forum for discussing everything diaspora and life as a returnee. In last week's episode, we discussed diaspora banking. We defined what that is and shared some of the reasons why a diaspora may choose to open a bank account in their home country while living in another country. In today's episode, we shall discuss diaspora transactional accounts. And generally speaking, transactional accounts are also known as current accounts, checking accounts, demand deposit accounts, and some credit unions call them share draft accounts. These are accounts that are used for day-to-day transactions, like paying bills and shopping. A diaspora bank account is good because it is safe, it's convenient, and provides ease of record keeping. It's safe because we have often heard of diaspora who send money home to a family member or a friend to conduct a transaction on their behalf. And then that money ends up being diverted and used for something else. It's convenient because instead of the diaspora following up with their family member or relative back home on whether they've completed a transaction that they've been requested to conduct, their diaspora can easily do it for themselves by moving money from their country of residence to their home country and conducting the transaction for themselves. It's good for record keeping because it's easy to just refer to a bank statement. Now you may be wondering, I live in another country. How will I know the right bank for me in my home country? Some of the things that you should look at are that bank's financial performance and rating. Are they considered to be tier one, tier two, or tier three? Also, what are the other diaspora banking products and services available to you? Do they offer fixed deposit accounts? Can they open treasury bills and bonds on your behalf? Do they offer diaspora loans? Do they offer diaspora insurance products? You may also wish to consider how experienced that bank is in dealing with diaspora. Are they well known in diaspora banking? And how do other diaspora rate them? Do they have a dedicated diaspora banking desk? What are their call center hours like? Do they align with your time zone and the times that you would be available to contact them? What are the account opening requirements? Do you find them to be fair or too strict? Can you open the diaspora bank account while you're in your country of residence? Or do you have to be present at your home country's bank? Put them to test also by looking at how responsive they are to your calls and emails. You may also wish to consider their branch network in case you have visited home and are on vacation in another town and you want to access your bank account. Also find out if they offer internet banking and mobile app services to you while in the diaspora. Now, in terms of the specific features of that transactional account, which we also say is called a current or checking account, 
You may want to look at the currencies available to you and whether they fit your need. So for example, if you live in Australia and you would rather move money from Australia to your home country in Australian dollar and then negotiate for the local currency from there, find out if they offer Australian dollar accounts. Also look at what their fees are like. Are they low or too high for you? By fees, we're talking about ATM withdrawal fees, branch withdrawal fees, and overdraft fees. Also, do they offer free monthly bank statements? How easy is it for you to use your debit card while overseas? And again, do they offer online banking and mobile access? Now, if you've never opened a diaspora banking account, you may also be wondering what the account opening requirements are. And we'll go into that. For one, you will be required to have your home country's national ID or valid passport. You'll also be required to have your home country's tax ID number. In Kenya, this is called the KRA PIN. The bank will likely also ask you for proof of address that you live in the diaspora. And you can provide this either from your driver's license, your, for, your home foreign country's state ID or country ID, a utility bill, a valid work permit, a valid resident permit, or a valid visa. You'll probably also be asked for passport size photographs. And obviously, you'll be required to complete an account opening form. If you're a diaspora living in the US and you are a taxpayer in the US, you will also be required to complete a FATCA W-9 form. Now let's talk about the KRA PIN for a little bit for our Kenyan diaspora. There's been a lot of misunderstanding and misconceptions about this. Oftentimes, the diaspora thinks that if they get a KRA PIN, that they will be required to pay taxes for the income that they earn outside Kenya. But this is not true. And in the course of this week, we shall post our reference material from the KRA website. According to the KRA website, you do not pay taxes for income and abroad. You would only be required to pay taxes for income that you earn in Kenya. For the diaspora living in the US, there's also a lot of misunderstanding and misconception on the FATCA W-9 form. And we shall go into detail on that in one of our upcoming episodes in this series. So please stay tuned. Subscribe to us so that you do not miss that content. We hope that this podcast was insightful to you. And if it was, please subscribe. If you have any questions or you'd like to give us any feedback on our podcast, feel free to drop us a message also. And with that, we wish you a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.